Okay, so hello everybody and welcome to a very, very special program today. I'm very happy to have with me Dr. Asael Romanelli, all the way from Kfar Saba, Israel. And uh, today we're going to be talking about dating. And one of the things that we were thinking of doing today is, and the process that we're going to, to do today is we're going to actually go back and forth. We each put together our top 10 dating questions. And we're going to go back and forth between the two of us and see whose uh, dating questions are better, so to speak. I don't know who's better, but we're going to discuss them. And um, before we do that, what number one I want to tell you is you're able to private message me your questions. The first hour of today's program is going to be dedicated to our talk. And then the second hour, as we always do, we're going to take your questions so you can message privately, publicly, uh, but make sure to put them in the chat so that we can address all of your questions. Uh, with that, I would like to introduce um, our special guest speaker. The last time we did this, it was one of the most um, amazing uh-huh. programs that I've ever done. So much feedback from you, from a, from a lot of you, saying, please, uh, uh, you know, get Dr. Romanelli back. And so here he is, live from Israel. The reason why it's so early in the morning for some of you is because we had to make it at a time that would work for Dr. Romanelli in Israel. So just to give you a little bio on him, he's a clinical social worker. He's a licensed couple and family therapist. He's an international trainer and a playback theater conductor. We think that that's one of the most amazing parts is his, um, is his knowledge of improv and how he uses it in his therapy. Uh, he's the founder and director of the Potential State Institute for Enriching Relationships, which incorporates and integrates therapy, art, and education to create safe spaces for people to connect to themselves and to others. He's also the artistic director of the Ochozer Playback Theater Company in Jerusalem, which I believe um, recently uh, he had to give up uh, because he moved to Krasaba. <laughs> and his doctoral research and training therapist in improvisation skills and he has since trains hundreds of professionals to be more spontaneous more playful and more effective in their service he's done a great service to me uh, in allowing me to also be part of his playground dr ramonelli has lectured to audiences all over the usa europe israel and canada and he obviously resides in Saba with his dynamic wife and their lovely two kids. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Romanelli, and I'd like to ask you to, um, to, to kind of get us warmed up, give us something about dating just before we get started, get our, our wheels turning. It's early in the morning for a lot of us, so uh, get us moving. So hi, thank you, Rabbi Bernath, for inviting me. I'm so excited to see all of you. It's been a while. The last time we did the Rabbi and the Therapist was so much fun. Um, I just want to start, if anyone did not watch episode one, I encourage you guys all to watch the first installment because then we really explained both of our philosophies of why dating, why relationships, why do we even need that? It's excruciating process of finding love. And I just want to say dating today is our way to find love. And why would we want relationships? Because that's how we grow. An intimate, committed relationship is a people growing mechanism. 
And the whole idea is lotov heyot adam levado. It is not good to be alone. So basically, I want to frame all this endeavor is like, I'm assuming we all want to be in a relationship. And we're not just declaring that we want to be in a relationship, but we actually want to be in that. And I think the older we get, the harder it gets because we're more wounded, we're more scared. We've had previous examples where we were hurt. So it's really a story about courage, vulnerability, and the desire to live and not just to survive. That would be my framing. Wow. I just, just, just to get, because you're already getting my wheels turning. So let's start this off. How does somebody know if they really believe in marriage, if they really believe in relationships? If you're saying that you're making it almost an obvious that, oh, in order, you know, you have to believe in marriage or you have to believe in a relationship. How do you know if you don't believe in it or you do believe in it? Well, I think this is really a lot of this is impacted on where we grew up. A lot of us grew up, grew up in families where our parents had one relationship, one marriage the whole way through. They saw one model and whether they thought it was okay or not okay, they didn't realize that the whole idea of an intimate relationship, it's a crucible, right? If, I, if you dare to step into it, you grow. And for a lot of us, we never saw a model of people growing from within the relationship. Usually a lot of people, we grew up in houses where the marriage was in the background, was the safe space, and the people explored or expanded outside. So I don't, I don't know if people believe or not believe in marriage. I'd reframe it. Do you want growth? Do you want growth? Do you want to develop? Is there any other person in the world that can help you grow better than Ezer Kenegdecha? Uh, how do you translate that to English? I, don't, I never know that. Uh, 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 it literally translates as a helpmate against you. That's right. literally how it's... And I want to talk about that. We'll definitely talk about that. But that's what we're looking for. Like... As a therapist, I can tell you, I can really help people grow, but I don't live with you. I don't know all your shticks and all your little things, that your little idiosyncratic. And I think for people who, it's not about marriage, the ceremony, yes or no. It's like, do you want to grow? If you do, and if you want to, and because you can never see your own shadow because it's always behind you, you'd want someone next to you to shed light on that, to call you on it, to grow. So it's not about believing in marriage or not. It's like, how much do you want to grow? And are you willing to risk hurts and pain and disappointment in order to grow? Because a relationship, whether you call it marriage or a long-term committed relationship, is a high-risk, high-gain endeavor. Yeah. I always say that, that if singles knew what was important in relationships, they'd have a whole different list of questions and things that they're looking for in a mate. If you had to... If, if a single came to you and said, what would be the most important things that I should look for in a mate? What would you say? I would say, for me, it's all about freedom. Love is freedom. We spoke about in episode one. Is this a person I can be myself with? I can show the different parts of me. We spoke last time about shadow, bringing my different parts to this person. They don't need to love every single part of me, but can they be with me next to that? Do I feel free enough to bring those parts around me so I can, because at the end of the day, you want to feel free. You want to live your life in your relational pajamas. So where you feel you, when yeah. I'm looking, if, when I'm, when I'm sorry to interrupt you, but if I'm Please. browsing a, a dating site or am I, or somebody introduces me to someone, how do I know the potential for that person? How do I know that I can be myself with that person? Like what so are, I, I, what right. are the first things? So let's separate. Obviously, it'll be the initial, just the visual, if you like the picture, assuming you see a picture before. That I can't say anything about. That is I don't look good in pictures. You don't look good in pictures. Nobody looks good in pictures. So I always say aim. I say always aim to meet. Always aim, especially in this digital era, especially with corona and the screens. We, you know, 92% of our communication is nonverbal. 
and therefore texts and phone calls is lacking. I'd always say go to meet and you will know. I work with a lot of single people. I do therapy, obviously, not only for couples, but also for singles. And I always say to them, go on a date. Stop being on the balcony. Go down to the court. Start playing. So even if you don't like the way the person looks, even if you don't like the profile, just try it out. Is that what you're saying? No, I'd say like, listen to your body. Like if there's a, okay, so I want to give you an example. So I'm working with a woman and she's in her mid thirties, orthodox, single. And so she's been dating for years, right? So then I said, okay, so we have two options. Either you've dated everyone in your area and you need to move a different state because you haven't met the right one, right? Or something about you has been a bit harsh or a bit protective because you, we have a saying, when you disqualify somebody else, you're disqualifying something in you. Mm-hmm. And we, our, our process has been, how can she say more, more yeses to, to give chances on dates and yet still maintain her, her um, integrity of not forcing herself to do something she doesn't want to. So there's a sweet spot there between don't force it. If like, if your whole body is screaming, no, then don't force yourself or else you're not going to be there. But if you notice, if you're ambivalent, I would always say go for it. But this is also going to be part of the thesis I'm going to be introducing here today about the reframe that I want to offer on dating. And let's just put it out there. I mean, so me and Isad, we've, we've gone back and forth on this whole dating and speed dating and soul dating and soulmates. I want to reframe this as play dates. Just like when we were kids and we had play dates with other kids, we'd play with them because kids, how do they learn the world through play? And I'll talk a lot about play today. Um, but what I want to say about that is if we reframe dating as not being a game where we have to win and impress and find the, the love of your life, which is a lot of pressure, that we call that game. Okay, let's move into play. Play, I want to have a good time. I want to express myself. I want to stay curious. I want to, I want to create something new. Because at the end of the day, every date is another day of your life. Right. If this, if this is the last day of your life, wouldn't you want to have fun in it? And I want to give one crazy example. I was single for a long time. And I remember one time I was on the way to a wedding and I had this blind date with this woman and it seemed like fun. And then, you know, I said, to her, you know, why don't you just come with me to this wedding? Let's just do it. And I went to this wedding. It was basically a blind date to a wedding. By the way, weddings are the best place to go on dates, right? Because there's free booze, free food. Everyone's happy. You don't have to pay for the date. Right. But <laughs> what I wanted to say is like, at the end of the day, the problem is a lot of us, see, we, we see dates, we go all serious, we go in self-presentation, we have to present something. We're not, And then it's exhausting and it's work. So I'm inviting you, reframe this as play dates. Stop looking for the soulmate, look for a play date where you can be yourself, have fun and feel close. That's what it's about. We call that differentiation, the ability to be yourself and to be intimate. But how do you do that immediately? Aren't you becoming vulnerable? Yes. It is a muscle. A lot of us... I'm going back to this woman. She's like, when I meet the right guy, then I'll be open. Then I'll be playful. Then I'll be vulnerable. But it's, you can, it doesn't work like that. It's a muscle. To be open and vulnerable, you need, to, you need to practice that outside of the date. So when you come to the date, you don't have to – because she keeps – like, look at what an amazing defense mechanism that is. She's basically saying, or like a lot of people, I'm the most open person there is. I'm the most vulnerable person there is. I just haven't met the right person. No, if, <laughs> I'm telling you, you need to own your shtick here and say, no, the reason you're not doing this is because you're not practicing this at home with your neighbor, with your roommate, with your friends, with your family. So how and do yes. I do at home? Right. Give me an idea. Like, how do I do that today? How do I become vulnerable? Because it's very hard. What happens? I mean, not only how do I become vulnerable, but a lot of people get their heart broken. And if you become vulnerable, there's a possibility that you're going to get your heart broken. What do you do? Right. About 
we stop being afraid of being broken. There's a fear, especially in North America, but it's starting in Israel. Like we don't want to feel any pain. We just need to be happy all the time. And we're losing out. We're having a very narrow emotional life. Yes, part of being alive is having highs and having lows. I'm reminding you, boop, you know, when you flatline, that means you're dead. Up and down is part of what you should be feeling. And uh, we'll refer later to the podcast, but I have an episode called the, the key to your joys and your pain. You have to feel like you want to take a risk. It's a high risk, high gain. Yes, you'll be hurt, but you'll also feel the elation of a synergistic, playful freedom. But if you don't buy a ticket, like you have to take that risk. And a lot of people, they want, they don't want to take any risks. They just want to win the lottery without buying any tickets. Right. They'll say no, swipe, no, 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 no. And they're expecting love to just bump into them in the street. Especially in today's day and age with Corona and lockdown, who are you going to meet? You've dated your immediate surroundings. It's time to expand, but like you are going to have to get a chance and stop putting it on other people. Stop doing that because then what you're doing is you're giving the keys to your precious short life to other people. We call that other validated intimacy. I will only open up if I see that he's open, if he's also sharing. And if he's not sharing, I'm not opening up. So basically what you're saying, you're just going to wait, give other people the keys to your freedom, to your intimacy, to your vulnerability, and you're wasting your life. Life's too short. Even now, I want this talk. I want the next two hours for us to be authentic and real or else what's the point? Right. That's hard. That's hard to, to be authentic and real. That's very hard because by me becoming authentic and real, I have to show a part of myself that maybe I don't want to show. Yes. But here's the thing, like, and we spoke about that a lot last time. That's really one of my tips. Own your shtick. Own your shtick. Get to know all the parts of yourself, even the ones you're not proud of, and slowly, playfully familiarize with them. So then you're less and less scared because in that shadow is your superpower. Because all your parts are precious, your, your aggression, right? Your sexuality, your neediness. Can you say they're good or bad? They're not. They're just parts of who you are. Right. And in today's psychotherapy, we, talk, we don't talk about true self and false self. We talk about self-states. All of those parts are precious and access to all those parts is mental health. Emotional mental health is the flexibility and access to your different self-states. So I can bring more of me to encounters. And I say one more thing about dating. What happens is we bring a very narrow side and later we'll go into our tips. But like when I bring a very narrow perception of who I am, just the, the nice, the beautiful, the pretty, the shy, whatever you want to call the humble, then I'm going to be getting a very narrow repertoire from the person I'm dating. And the whole idea is to bring more and more of yourself so you can feel free to be who you are. Relational pajamas, people. That's the new fashion for 2021. Relational pajamas. Okay, I think it's time to get into our little spar over here. I think you should Let's get started. Do it. So just to give you a little bit of a, a background, each of us preparing for today's session have put together our top 10 dating tips for you. And we're going to go back and forth. And uh, we'll start with Dr. Romanelli with Asael. And we're going to go back and forth. And let's see um, what's going to happen is we're each going to present it. And then the other one is going to push to push a little bit and pry a little bit. And we'll see where it goes. So right. Dr. Romanelli, what's your number one? Boom. Men, it's a tip for men and for women. I, I'm considering it one, okay? So men, stop watching and consuming adult content. It messes with your brain. Instead, I want to recommend uh, reading books that will help you see your own shtick. Specifically, I want to talk about Terry Real. I will write this in the chat. Two books that are talking about the male depression and the male psyche and the female psyche. Because, and I just want to say that why, because we're get, the, the media is bombarding us with unrealistic perceptions of reality, of intimacy, of sexuality, and that is messing up, messing up relationships. 
The parallel to that is for women, stop reading women's magazines and all those top 10, you know, all those uh, listicles, we call them, right? Stop with those listicles. Stop that's what that. We're doing. <laughs> I know. But instead, I want to recommend, I, hi- I want to recommend a highly book, which is called Vagina by Naomi Wolf, which talks about female empowerment. And that goes together with, and that's part of my tip, is like women start getting to know yourself more. Stop waiting for that man that with him you will understand who you are and be vulnerable. A lot of this, I'm also saying this to men, but I'm especially saying this to women because I feel a lot of times there's this expectation that when I meet him, then I will know, then I will discover. And I feel like that is something that people need to take ownership before they even go on the date. Boom. Okay. So my number one. Response. Huh? Oh, no, I have no response. Go, go for it. Yeah. I, I'm, I, um, my number one is... Don't become good at dating. You'll never get married. My, my, my feeling is that dating is the opposite of marriage. And I've noticed that people who are too into dating don't get married. And if they do, they're more likely to get divorced. So if you get too comfortable with dating, then when you get married, you're going to end up very confused. Because everything that we know about dating Everything that we know about dating is the opposite of what we need in order to sustain a healthy and healthy relationship. You know, it's that, like you said, it's that, it's that game. It's the, it's the, all those elements that are not authentic, that are not ourselves. Wait, there's a presupposition there that by dating, you're talking about game. You're talking about presenting something. That's correct. I'm talking about. So when is, so, so when is dating become synonymous with, with falseness or with a very narrow, with self-presentation? I think that's where I want to think about. Okay, so please expand. So in our last uh, video, we spoke about the difference between self-presentation, which is presenting myself in a certain way, usually in the best way possible, and self-exposure, which I'm broadcasting live. I'm showing different parts of myself. The second we equate dating with just bringing the best of me, and a lot of my, by the way, a lot of my tips are how to bring the worst of you to dates, actually. It's not (laughs) bringing the best of you, okay? No, okay. Okay. Extra coffee Um, for that. (laughs) (laughs) But what I wanted to say is like, so, so... so basically, dating becomes a game of who could be more impressive. I'm basically printing my CV, plastering it on my face, putting concealer, putting on makeup. But that's not real. That's not who you are. And then obviously, there's a, when I come like that, so there's a fear inside somewhere unconsciously or semi-consciously that Yisrael only likes me because he sees this. But I know that I don't look yeah. like this. I have, to, I have to keep it up. up. Right. And it's so exhausting. Right. And then who so wants to... Yeah, and who wants to eight o'clock at night? Pretend like I'm happy. Pretend like I always look good. Pretend like I just ate. It's like my Facebook profile. I have to like <laughs> make sure everything looks so nice and wonderful and amazing. And that's exhausting. So yes, I would agree with you. If dating for you is a game and not play, then yes, then of course that is a wonderful tip. Don't get too comfortable with dating. Okay, I love it. Go for it. Number two. Okay. Two, choose play as a way of life. Start being playful, not just the dates. What does that actually mean? Um, I, we'll talk later. There's a webinar I'm doing later today about play, but I'll just say now about play. Play is a state of mind. It's not taking yourself too seriously. It's not taking the world too seriously. It's saying more yes than no. It's even making casual conversations with a supermarket cashier. It's allowing yourself to be a bit more playful, not so heavy, not so left brain. It is actually exercise. It's a, it's a gym you can work on every single day. Can you give so us examples? I want some real examples. Real examples. First of all, be more curious, laugh more, dance more, put on music, have meaningless conversations with people you meet. 
just, just be silly. Just don't take yourself too seriously. Speak to yourself out loud. Allow yourself. There's a whole list. I, I will also send you guys afterwards. I have a Is podcast and a video. Out loud for bubbies? What's for bubbies? They're always speaking to themselves out loud. What is it? Because why? Like, think about it. The second I like look at, I'm looking at my daughter. My daughter's and my both my kids. My son is about to get too cool for school for that. But they talk to themselves all the time. They're maintaining what we call the potential state, the state between reality and fantasy. You have to practice that outside. It's not going to just magically turn on whenever you go to your local. I don't even know where you guys go. Wherever you guys go, it's not going to turn on if you're not if you don't have access for it. If you are not in shape, that will not happen miraculously. It starts with the little things. And I will email you guys uh, content, how to become more playful. Okay. Hit me number two. What's your number two? Okay. Uh, my number two. My number two is you need to understand who you are before you date. I think, I think it's a secret, unfortunately, that self-confidence is a really attractive quality. And it's achieved when... When we start to feel good about the direction of our lives, and it's not a product of our beautiful face, of our bulging bank account, and you're simply and quietly confident in your ability to contribute something positive to the world. We'll be back after a quick break. Are you tired of swiping right on every dating app out there and still getting nowhere? Are you convinced that you'll forever be alone, surrounded by nothing but uh, cats and empty takeout containers? <laughs> Hi, I'm Aliza Ben Shalom, the host of the new show, Jewish Matchmaking, which you can find on Netflix. And I'm the love rabbi, Rabbi Yisrael Bernath, and we're inviting you to join us for Matchmaker Matchmaker. Each week, we'll answer one of your pressing relationship questions, from how to get over your ex to how to deal with your partner's annoying habits. So if you're ready to laugh, uh, cry, or maybe even find love, then tune in to Matchmaker Matchmaker, and it's available now wherever you listen to your podcasts. So I want to yes and you with my number three because I feel we're talking about the same thing. Okay, great. I called it own your shtick. And I would say not only self-confidence, but self-confrontation. Confront your own shadow. Know thyself. Not just your where you're good, where you're not good. Be friend with those shadow parts. Be friend. Get to know them. Get to be able to laugh about them. Remember that they have a positive intention. All your different parts once served you. Even your aggression even your vulnerability, even your neediness, they're all parts of you. Stop denying them, get to know them, befriend them. And that gives you, self-confrontation is the way to get self-confidence. How do I, it's do, not, how do, I do that? So you need to either, either start journaling or meditating or hit bodhidus or whatever you, or like, uh, <laughs> how do you say, how would you translate hit bodhidus? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, you know, self-reflective meditation of some sort. My biggest tip is find somebody who, who's not, who's not going to eggshell around you and keep it real with you, whether it's a therapist, cousin, neighbor, friend. Is friend is supposed to be? It's supposed to be someone who you can be real around? I, would, I wish I had more friends growing up that would keep it real with me. Yeah. And like, I feel like a lot of what I do in therapy is I just keep it real. I give people honest feedback. And that's exactly what we need because everyone is like sugarcoating us and saying, oh, you're amazing. How many people in your life actually want to hear more than how you're doing? Okay. 
How many people in life? Very little. How many people might want more from you? Want actually say, no, give me another version of you. I want to see that other part. Very few. If you want to get to know your shadow, you're going to, need, you're going to have to need someone who's going to block your exits and want more from you. By the way, ideally, that will be your life partner. But until you find that life partner, start with finding people in your area who are people who are not intimidated by you, but not take pity on you. Block, Somebody that can meet you. Blocking exits. What does that mean? Blocking, blocking exits. exits means when you do, oh, I'm, I'm my worst critic. Are you? Are you really your worst critic? I don't think you're the worst critic. Somebody who can call you on your shtick. And when you're when you're going too uh, victim-y or too self-righteous, they're going to say, all right, enough. Let's see. What, what else is there? But notice, once again, this goes back to playfulness. You need a little bit. You need a dose. I always say that playfulness is the lubricant of life. Because play will help me by, by taking myself a little less seriously. When I get challenged, I won't get offended. I can be, okay, let's work. Play is about movement. You want to move. So you need someone who's playful enough, but on the other hand, who's, uh, who's tar- whose tongue is sharp enough to block your exits and want more. And I, for I, you, I think what you said was very profound, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so focus the question. Tell me, like, I, I, I blocking exits, what does that mean? Give me an example, an actual practical example of what it would mean for somebody in my life to block my exit. So when you're saying, okay, great. So for instance, you're going to say the discussion, right, is know thyself, right? We, we both spoke about the know thyself and especially right. know thy shadow, know the parts that you're weaker that you deny that you don't bring to the table usually. Right. So you start with asking yourself out loud here. Here's a, so find somebody you trust, not too close though, not somebody that's scared of you or that's going to take pity on you and start with this monologue. Just talk to yourself out loud in their presence and say, okay, what am I not bringing to the table? And just start speaking out loud. And once you feel very comfortable with your answer, hopefully invite your part, invite the person with you to check whether they, whether that, does that really sound right? Or is there more? And just what ask them to say more. What if you're not a big K, a big emotional person like Dr. Even Us- if you're not being emotional, even the actual saying, give me more. What else? What else? What else? What else? When you reach I'll a period, say to you, what else? What else? Give me more. Give me more. Stand up, sit down, lie down, put on music, flip it around, blindfold yourself. Give me more, more. What else? We're basically, we want to get rid of all your greatest hits, all of the self-presentation, and they start squeezing till you're really broadcasting live. Well, the truth is I have nothing else to say, but you know, uh, and have somebody who's playful who can say, okay, what would your, if you have a cat, what would your cat say your blind spot is? If these walls could talk, what do these walls see about you that you don't see? Mm. And obviously it can also be your friend who can, if they're bold enough to say, what do I see in you that you're, that you don't see yourself. And that's called the Johari windows, which all of us have done in like group dynamics and stuff. So there's, there's what I know and other people know there's what I know and other people don't know. And there's what other people know. And I don't know that my, my friends, that is what you want to get to know more. But it's really hard because it could be that it's going to hurt you. If you know, if you know what other people know that you don't know, it could be that it's going to make you a little depressed. Well, you know what? How do you, well, how do you how do you safeguard yourself once you know that and not get really down on yourself? Here's the safeguard: if you choose, it's all it's always a choice, right? If I choose to believe that all my parts are good, that all these behaviors and traits I've adopted along the way, a because I'm not perfect and no one is, but b because they served me at one point in psychotherapy and in coaching and in psychodrama and many other disciplines. There's, a, there's this concept called positive intention. Every single part of me has a positive intention. My aggression has a positive intention. If I really choose to believe that all my parts are good, they've all served me in the past. Some of them might be self-sabotaging now. So when, when my friend, my colleague, therapist calls me out on them, instead of saying, oh, I'm saying, oh, wow, nice to meet you. Right. All right. Good old friend. 
And my vision, one of my visions for relationship is make your partner the best therapist you've never had. Mm. The person that can say, so not only can call you on your shtick, but it can also say, thank you so much. And there's another episode, which I'll send you guys afterwards. Your faults are welcome here. How can you create relationships where every time you confess, you get applause? You get somebody saying, good, like Galit, my wife always says to me, loud and proud. Say it, bring it up. Let's hear it. Let's everyone hear it. Can you imagine a reality where you can actually say it out loud and peep and your partner or your date or your friend will say, good job. Congratulations. Can you even imagine that? Yes. Yes, it's real and it, it happens. I know. Because I, I live vicariously through a lot of singles' lives. And how do I know? And I keep on going back to this very important question. How do I know the person who I'm meeting today is going to be somebody who can do that for me? If that's really you so will, I will say you take it one date at a time. In this specific date, can I feel comfortable? Can I eat next to this person? Am I, am I watching every single word? Is he, he or she easily offended by every single thing I say? Mm. If, and now, obviously, there's a sense of um, politeness and extra PC-ness and extra, like, you can't avoid that. That's natural. Right. But you want to, and here's the thing, and I want to tell this to people. You, could, you will only attract your life people at the same level of differentiation, the same a level of ability to be intimate, the same, the same level of confidence that you have. You are your own glass ceiling or you, you are your own weakest link. You want to meet more quality people, own your shtick more. The more you own your shtick, the more you'll be attracting to your life people that are that level. A lot of times what these people are doing, they're saying, well, I never meet the right person because she, I'm going back to that woman. She says to me, oh, they're so not owning their aggression. I was like, really? Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. She only attracts either really aggressive men or very very lame men because she's not owning her own aggression. So of course she's that's what she's going to attract to your life. Right. And if you're if you find yourself attracting going on dates with the same type of person, that probably means you're bringing the same type of you to these dates. It's not a coinky dick. It's my like wife the says. same story, different face. Exactly. Wow. That's why we all know people that have been married three times, but basically to the same type of person. Right. So what's your number three again, just to, to encapsulate? Own your shtick. Own your shtick, which is connects to know yourself. Let's keep going. Let's do four. Okay. Wow. So I'll give you my number three. Number three or four? My, my number three. Go on. Uh, don't take yourself too seriously. Yes. The less you try to impress, the more you will. So yes. So similar to what you're saying. Yes. And, and I yes. think that, that dating should be an educated and a pleasurable experience, both. What do you mean by educated experience? I'll tell you. So you have to go out and have fun. You right. have to make sure the other person is having fun. But right. the harder that you try to succeed at dating, the more likely you're going to fail. So if you're trying to push the date or or create this, this you know, there ends up becoming this fake dateness that happens yes. during a date. So my advice is the less you try to impress a date, the more you're going to. Love it. You have Love to it. let go. You have to be yourself. So I know, like you were saying, own your shtick. I'm saying let go, be yourself, and allow the, 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 the full vibrancy of the human personality to manifest. Yes, yes, agreed. I'm just going to yes and that. I wrote reframe dates as play dates. Your goal is to have fun and be yourself. And I just wanted to give one example. So I'm working with another single woman, and 
I asked her a question. She said that and I was like, really? And then she says, would you rather I lie to you? Okay. So I said to her, let's go there for a second. And when we dug a little bit deeper, there's a core belief that I can't, if, if I be myself, I rather, if I lie to you, you will like me more. If I tell who I am, you will leave me. Wow. But just with that core belief stepping into a date, no. So like, that's the, that's the job we need to do. Like a lot of us have this core belief that we are damaged goods. Today I was working with a woman. She has this core belief that I'm damaged good. That's why she's busy self-presenting herself all the time. So of course, nothing's going to be fun. There's no play. There's no imagination. There's no room for error. And I'm always holding everything up. I don't want to show and I don't reveal any of my shadow. So this whole experience becomes like an over-controlling OCD-ish experience. That is not fun. Reframe it as playdates. I'm here to have fun, be myself, and just meet another person, even if it's one day. And you know what? If let's say you're, I always say about your life is your your life is a movie starring you. Everyone else is an extra. Some of these extras are going to be there for one date, and they're going to become a story. Some people are going to be there for 30, 40 years, right? So if this date is basically a part of your life, how would you want this scene to end? Make the most of whatever's happening, whether it's a crummy date or an amazing date or a romantic date. It doesn't, it's about you. How can I be more and more myself? That is the question. How can I be more? This is differentiation, right? How can I be more and more myself while simultaneously being more and more close to other people? Close does not mean intimate or sexual or sensual. It just means be more myself. And it's not an either or. A lot of us have this either. Or. Either I'm myself or I'm close to so I No, I can be both. Boom. Wow. I got to take that in. How can I be myself while being close to someone else? Be more myself and more close. That is that that's the, that's my goal in every single session and every single day right now in this webinar. I want to be myself but I also want to be digestible for all these people listening. How can I be more myself and more c- close, relevant, open, connected to you? That is differentiation. Okay. That, that is the goal. What's the first step in that own your stake, verbalize yourself and play, find a way to connect yourself to bring who you are today. Boom. That was good. Bex, that was actually fresh. I did not plan this. This was not, I have nothing up my sleeves, nothing up my sleeves, but that actually rhymed. All right. Hit me. Next one. Next one. Now now I'm getting, now I want to get to like the juicy one. This is like the controversial. I have a juicy. Okay. So, you know, you, you do your juicy one first. I have one right after you go for it. Uh, So this is the pre-juicy. This is number five exercise before the date. Well, actually move your body. Yeah. Exercise before the date, move your body that creates dopamine that gets endorphins coming. You're coming excited and you're coming energized. I'm reminding you, my body's always in the present. You're waking up. I really believe this, this whole thing called focusing a whole body of knowledge called focusing. They basically say the body's smarter than the mind. And they basically tell people to drop into the felt sense of the body. If you're coming activated and you're connected to your body so that your intuition is going to be open, the body's going to be open, intuitive thinking is going to be open, you're going to be coming much more alive, visceral, vital. Wow. Okay. My number five is very different than yours. Go on. I want to hear what you have to say about this because I'm throwing it out. And I know you would expect this coming from a rabbi. Go, do it. But, but, but Go I'm going to butt this. Think about it for a second, okay? Before you just react to it. Go on. My number five is don't touch. My question, here's the question, okay? okay? Do you want to fall in love or do you want to fall in lust? Touch is supposed to be sensual. And if it's not sensual, then you have desensitized yourself and you've become so good at dating, my number one, that you're probably not going to get married. 
I think that touch blurs the line between love and lust. I'm getting a lot of people shaking their head. No, I know what you're going to say. So I no, no. I want, I want, I want to separate. I want to separate the two. I think there's two discussions here: lust and love. And I want to, I want to add the component of sexual attraction. Okay, I don't want, I don't want to poo-poo lust and say, well, lust is only neck down, and real love is is neck up. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be living your whole body with this partner. Okay. I do want to say that when you said that, you reminded me of. I, as, as you know, I do not live an observant lifestyle. And for many years, I was, my biggest shift was when I decided to stop touching in dates. Really? Not for halachic reasons, just because I realized my automatic, it was, I wanted to break up my automatic. So I'm not, I'm not against it, but I, I just, I wouldn't want to go um, lust, boo, love, yeah. I would say this, if, if I can like do like a acceptance challenge, like I like that idea, I would say, because you could say the same thing about a lot. Don't go into politics. Don't go to any place. No politics, no religion, right? No, like whatever your your places where you run away from being authentic, don't go there. Because I I don't want to go like, you know, you're what I'm trying to say. Like, I see this also, by the way, a lot of Orthodox couples I work with because of the lust love split. There's a lot of balagan, a lot of mess later because that was not addressed or they they completely like there needs to be a connection between those two concepts. I, I agree with that. It should be the leading factor because that is confusing. But I would broaden that. I'd say maybe don't touch areas where you are not present. And for some people, it won't be it, for some people it's touch, but for other people, it's other things. Okay. So, well, for like for the for the emotional people, for the people who are touchy feely people, then. You know, there are some people who are big case, right? Yeah. So it's very difficult for them not to touch. And I would say that for some of them, let's say they're men, you know, maybe that is, they're starting off the date and that's kind of their goal to a certain extent. And they're like on this one track to, to, to touch her. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not saying in the, in, in the, in the more secular world of which very, very often I end up, uh, you know, I, I end up living vicariously through a lot of people's relationships in the secular world. And I see that, that, you know, it's funny because I come from this very religious world and I'm seeing that there's just like, there's this disconnect where the date has all become as, you know, how can I touch her? How can I? When, when that overshadows the emotional connection, and I think that's one of the reasons that happened to me when I chose to stop is because I realized it was overshadowing the other parts of myself. Mm-hmm. But for other people who are big kinesthetics, they need, I, I want to separate touch than to like consuming or, you know, more of a full sexual experience. Because for some people, that is really important. How does that person feel? How does that person smell? Right. Like, I, I think there's certain things that we should be, we have to realize them. And by the way, Naomi Wolf says something really interesting. She says that, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is controversial. Maybe it's not. But she says a lot of women who date, they're uh, they're taking um, birth control pills, which change their hormones, and this, they smell differently. And when they stop the pills, the men smell. They suddenly the men don't smell good to them. Like for some people, the olfactory. These are things that are really crucial. And I think you know yourself. And I'm not. I, I agree with you that don't run away to the to the more sexual, more. Uh, but if you know what you need. Make sure to find a way to, if, even if it's not with touching, but like, I, I do want to address that. 
because I work a lot with Orthodox couples. It's funny. We both work, but we both live vicariously <laughs> and we both see the strengths and also some of the prices people pay for going one way or another. And obviously the answer is both. Can we go? Well, Maybe I just, well, just want to, I want to just, you know, yes. And that, what about a lot of women like to hold hands? They like that, that, that holding hands on the date. And if, if she's wanting to hold hands, but he is a person who is more of a physical person and he takes the holding hands in a different way, like that's where there's this, it's all new. And you said like every single person is going to be different to the way they want to manifest those things. So yes, it's your needs, but what happens when your needs conflict or give the wrong message to the other person's needs? So that is a beautiful metaphor for marriage. It's one long confronting needs. Like, welcome. That is the crucible of life. Two people. I thought about this the other day. No, you're, right? You'd never expect a cocker spaniel and a bulldog to un- completely understand each other, right? Mm-hmm. We're, two, we're the same species. We're different breeds. It's impossible. Whether It's impossible for us to be similar. It's impossible. So, like... So that, of course, there's no chance in, in the world that you will meet somebody that you will be completely in sync with. That in syncness that you feel in the beginning, that's called the honeymoon phase. And that will end. I promise you. So take that as an opportunity to verbalize, which is tip number eight, which I'm going to get to in a second. It's all good. Broadcast everything live. I really want to hold hands, but I'm not really sure how you think about it. You're half talking to yourself, half talking to him. But I don't want to send the wrong message. I actually want to hold hands. I realize that for me, this is a need. This might be crazy, but this is where I am right now. And that's fine. As long as we can create a playful space, we can both verbalize it. There's a difference in verbalizing and acting it out. I can verbalize a lot of things. And as as you know, in the more religious world, Shomer Nagia, the idea of not touching during dating um, is a very big deal. So, So let's say, let's just say, I want to just put it out there because there's a lot of different types of people here. Do it. And, do it. Um, how can you be Shomer Nagia while also being authentic, while also bring all your states? And let's say you are a very emotional person, and but you have a value of being Shomer Nagia. I have, listen, um, Baruch, <laughs> I'm a very sensual woman and and I know, and touch is super important for me. And I chose this lifestyle. I'm choosing to be Shomanigia with you. I want you to know that. And part of me verbalizing is, is giving me a sense of being myself right now, even though I'm not physically manifesting that. But A, I just want to, I want to own it. I want to come out with that. And I could be saying thousands of different things that are not connected to Shomanigia, right? Right. I could be saying tons of things. I could be saying, you know. But am I not leaving truth- you on a bit? Let's say my, my truth is I hate going out. Let's say I'm a home person. Let's say, okay, which by the way, for me is true. I could say like, imagine a reality where I'd say, you know, this is a beautiful restaurant, but the truth is I'm a home person. I love, I mean, I want, I, you, I like you. This seems nice and I'm happy to do this, but this, you know, my, I really feel the best when I'm in my own space, when I'm in my own home. It's the same thing, right? I'm verbalizing it. I'm not acting it out. And on the contrary, like, I want that person to know because what, because you're not, you don't like going out. So why I hear this all the time when we dated, she was all about going out. The second we started, you know, being serious, we got married. She never wanted to leave the house. Well, exactly. So why do that? 
So you might as well just say it. You might as well say, even if you're showing me a gift, say, just so you know, I'm a very physical person. I'm a very sexual person. That is important for me. That is a value for me. Aren't, you, I'm actually, aren't you leading what? him on? Aren't you giving him an opening that maybe you don't want to give him? I can, if I own my shtick, I can say, listen, I'm, I trust myself. I'm a strong person. There will be no touching in this date or any other date until we get married. But you need to understand that that is something I'm going to, I'm going to want to work on and talk about and open up and discuss. Because a lot of people, especially in North Africa City, they don't want to talk about sexuality, sensuality. I have a couple now. Um, he, he, they can't have kids because of him. Because of his, his, uh, he's not fertile. That's a bomb. And they don't know how to talk about it. They just right. don't know how to talk about it. They just don't have the language. They don't have the language. And even when they do have the language, they're, they're so scared of talking about these things. But let's talk about them. And if they could have... Now, they didn't know that back then. But for her... She's a very sensual person. It is a value. He's not so, he's not so much like that. Right. But that is something that you could talk about even as you're dating without touching. Guys, talking and verbalizing, broadcasting live is your way of being playful and being authentic. Right. Wow. This leads into my number five, which is Please. don't be afraid to talk serious. I think that and any, whether it's a secular couple or even a religious couple, there's a lot of engaged couples who I meet with who have never had a serious conversation. And I'm always- Define serious, define okay. what, what category is serious. I'm always shocked that couples who've been dating for years, they, they, they've never st- spoken about life goals. They've never spoken about kids, education, their plans for the future. Um, you know, part of relationships and part of developing a relationship, in my opinion, is sharing goals. And you want to be on the same page from the get-go. Like it's, I'll give you an example. So a lot of couples, uh, if before I marry, before I agree to stand under the chuppah and marry a couple, I require them to go through a premarital program, whether it's mine or someone else's, they have to have a toolbox through which they can start the relationship with. I want them to be able to start the relationship with something. So I've created this, uh, this questionnaire that they each do separately and I have a lot of basic questions and a lot of more fundamental questions. One of the questions is how many kids do you want? And I had a couple a few months ago that he wrote zero and she wrote three. And they've been dating. They were dating for a year and a half. They're not a religious couple. They were dating for a year and a half and they've been engaged already for six months, which means they know each other for two years. They never spoke about kids. I'm not saying don't speak about it on the, on the first date. What I'm saying is... Make sure that you have these conversations. You have to be able, it can't only be playful and fun. There also has to be a serious element. Yeah. I think I would add seriously playful or playfully serious. So how do you do that? And I feel like a lot of times people, I think people are onboarding those questions on the first date. It's putting a lot of pressure. And then we go back into self-presentation. Then it's resume stuff. How many kids do you want? Yeah. How observant are you? Tell me about your family. Da, 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 da. What's your yichus? And then, and then it just becomes heavy. And then I feel like I need to like sell myself to you. I think that I think part of knowing your shtick is knowing what's important for you. What's a deal breaker? What's not a deal breaker? What's right. a value that's super important for you? And how can you not on the first date, but within the first few dates, put that out there? I would say a third. Date. One of the I think it's a great a great thing for a third or fourth date, not a first date. 
I think it's also fine to say on your first day, listen, I have tons of questions I want to say, but I'm not going to ask you just because I know that sometimes I come on way too intense and I don't really want to do that. Like, it's fine. to like, if it's on your mind, verbalize, get it out so you can move on. You can say it that fast. But not everything. I find that when I speak faster then people don't have to. Uh, and, and here's another tip. Don't make eye contact all the time when you're talking to the other person, because then they're going to have to feel the need to react. So sometimes I'll tell, I'll coach my clients and say, just talk a little bit to the side. I have so many questions for you or for you throughout, but like, I just want to have more fun. I sometimes I come in heavy, but that's just because I'm excited slash scared. So, ah, and then we keep on going with the dates. Don't get stuck on the big ones in the beginning. And I'd stop with the algorithm. Okay. That's my top 10. Okay. I'll get some, I want to get number, number six. Ready? Okay. Come hungry and thirsty to your dates. Stop lying and say you ate at home enjoy a meal, enjoy a hamburger, enjoy a salad, eat. What if you're like me and you don't like to eat in front of people? That's because you're afraid of being vulnerable. Stop being afraid of being vulnerable and showing your desire. Enjoy. I, I once was, I was in therapy with this woman and she finally ordered the hamburger and not the salad because she was starving and she just ate it. And she said, just, I just like, it, we get, think about kids. We get so much joy when you see kids eating because they love it right? They love food. They're like, mm, 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 mm. I'm eating my carrots. Like, yeah, this whole, I ate at home to not look like I'm too like, but wouldn't you want to be able to eat next to this person? How many people, I, the woman I was working with today, she's, she, they're living together for years. She never, she rarely eats next to her partner. I say eat. I'll be alive. It's going to reveal things about you. It's fine, but at least enjoy life. I also want to be next to somebody who enjoys life. It's because, because, because what is eating vulnerability, showing desire, having lust for life. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. If you exercise before you're going to come hungry. Wow. Feel comfortable. Wow. And especially I said this to women because women will do the whole, I ate at home and you know, they're starving half of the time, but they're like, I ate at home. No, you didn't. And even if you did have fun, loosen up. Like we're here for a play date. The first question I ask when my kid comes back from a play date, what do you ask? The first thing we ask, what did you eat? What did you eat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did you eat? That's how you measure a play date. Did the kid yeah. eat? Did Sasha did eat? eat you? Yeah. Did you have, did you eat? And we kind of secretly measure the success of the play date. Did the new kid who came to our house, did they eat? Yeah. Eating is part of life. I want that house. What? What do they serve in that house? Tell us. <laughs> yeah. But Macaroni it's about having fun. Was that it? <laughs> it's always chips, by the way. Pasta without anything or chips. But like pasta that's what I'm saying. Pasta and ketchup. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my tip. Also for yourself. Also for that. Enjoy it. Go. Okay. What? A, so. Oh. So you. So that. That was your number six. Yeah. So what is it again in a nutshell? Come hungry and thirsty. Come Allow yourself. And thirsty. And start. Start with that. Don't go into the deep, serious yeah. conversation. First, have a meal together. Enjoy yeah. it and, and just enjoy yourself. And I think this is really, you know, that can be more vulnerable than sharing other parts of your life. For some people, eating together is even more vulnerable than whatever. So I'm not saying devour everything, but I'm saying allow yourself to feel free. By the way, you don't have to drink alcohol as well. Like I would never order alcohol. In my drink. Like be connected to your senses, be, be alive, be alive, show desire, show some pulse. You want to date somebody who has a pulse. Yeah. Someone just wrote, by the way, just so you know, it's hard when, yeah, I see. when someone talks too fast. It's hard to follow and register it. Some people feel very bad when they can't keep up as if something is wrong with them. 
talking too slow to an audience can put them to sleep or bore them. So there's got to be that kind. I know I, it's always that problem. I always have that. Like when you were talking to the rest, like, whoa, like, whoa, relax, calm down. Whew. Okay. You see, I want to say one thing about that. And I agree with you. And I think it's long, it's like, how many women have I met in their late thirties who, who believe that they're too much that believe that they're too much and they have to slow it down, bring it down a notch. Don't be too much. Don't be too loud, too passionate, too happy to. And I really want to say that, like I, the word I say most to clients in the ther- in the clinic is more, give me more, give me more of that. So it's fine. Like, it's not like you're shooting words a hundred miles an hour, but it's like, if you have this burst of energy of excitement, write it, write it. And then the wave will pass and say, Whoa, I spoke really fast. Sorry. Oh, well, yeah. okay. Let's, uh, let's up the ante a little bit. Do here's, it. Here's my number six. Go look for your compliment, not your sister. It's not Mr. Right. It's Mr. Right for me. So, and, and I, you, you touched on this before, but I want to kind of expand on it and build on it. Men and women are opposites by nature. And whoever said opposites attract, I think, was trying to complicate something that's very simple. You're not trying to find your opposite. You're trying to find your complement, the complement of your soul, otherwise known as your soulmate, Right. And when you know who you are, when you're authentic with yourself, you're going to recognize the person who's your compliment, as you said. Your date could be good looking. Your date could be attractive. But it doesn't mean that they're your compliment. And I think that although the the person who you're looking for brings many things to the date, You have to be careful because a lot of those things are going to be superficial. And a soulmate is going to bring one thing. And I think this is the most important thing when it comes to a long-term relationship. And you can debate me on this, but they're going to bring the the most vital thing of, of all. And that is an end to your loneliness and a feeling that you are the most special person in the whole world. How would you know that that person compliments your traits? I don't know. Let me know. Okay. And how do you know? I mean, I love what you're saying. I'm thinking like, I want to do a, I want to ask you, like you asked me, like, right. how, how would you know that someone, I, I have a different spin on it, but like, I, I like this idea. I like this idea. I always think about it because well, I mean, example. so they're, they're simple. Well, right? If you're an introvert, you're probably going to be, your compliment will be an extrovert. This is a a basic one. Not always, but often. Okay. If you are someone who is very methodical and very organized, you may want someone who's a more freer because otherwise, if you're both methodical and type A, you're going to be in trouble. So there are simple, basic elements of your personality that you can say, well, I'm looking not for the opposite. They're not the opposite. They're, if we are two halves of a whole, what does our whole look like? How would you know it's a compliment though? And not an opposite. Like I get what you're saying here. I'm saying like tachlis. I'll, t- I'll tell you in a second how I would, how, where that lands for me, but how would you do that? How would you know? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not sure. So I would say this, 
you can only, okay, in, in couples therapy, what do we, what's a relationship? It's a pattern, okay? You will only date people that, whether you like it or not, unless there's like abuse or coercion or like, or a shidduch you can't break up, you will only date people that you have some sort of pattern with. Agreed? Right. Which, may, which basically necessitates you have some sort of uh, complementary there. Okay. Because if, if there was no complementary, or we call chemistry, the pattern wouldn't develop. It would just end. Right. So I would say that that's not some, I, I don't, I've never thought about this. I'm broadcasting live. I don't know if it's something I can a priori plan for. I think what you will notice is there is a certain rapport and pattern that is evolving between the two of you. That is going to be evident very, very quickly, by the way. Okay. That's why when you start, you go to 10 dates, with three of them, you will continue. With seven of them, you won't. That probably means there's, there's no complementary. That's going to happen organically. It's hard oh, to could, aim for could that. Could it be circumstantial? Over time, no. Now, what's over time? Three dates, seven dates? I want to believe that the, it's sooner or later the, 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 the concealer will wear off. But a lot of people make a decision based on their first date. There's a lot of people who don't, yeah. I know, I set up a lot of people, they don't go to a second date. They don't give it another try. Yes, yes, yes. And there's and no way to unawkwardize a first date. It is going to be awkward, no so matter what. So that's another thing that I wanted to talk about. Because like one of my tips is going to be, if so that, I went chronologically, but like, if it's, if it, unless it's a really hard no, go on another date. For the love of God. Go on another date because I'll tell you why. I want to tell you why. I want to tell you this. I'm going back to this woman who's dated everyone. Ninety percent of them she doesn't even meet. Then you have another nine percent of them who she'll meet once, and half of the date she's busy. And how can I say no without hurting his feelings? Exactly, because she has a self perception of herself as benevolent, right? Because because she's not owning her shtick, right? Because in her own perception she's benevolent, but all the men are aggressive, but she has no aggression in her. So basically, there's 1%, the 1% that can pass on to the second date. And we spoke about this last time. I don't believe there's 1% out for it. There's not a one Bashir. There's several of them. The question he, is, did I meet them at the right says time? That there's seven possible Basharits for you. Seven. Po- yeah, who says that? The Medrash, the Midrash. Ah, yeah. Seven of them. And did I meet them at the right time in my life? Did I meet them at the time in their life? Timing is huge. Timing yeah. is And I know. And I can say that in my personal experience. Like, I was introduced to my wife eight months before I wasn't ready. So what I'm trying to say is like, I think that's unneeded pressure for one Beshert. This is the one. Uh, and I feel like a lot could of people, be, especially. Could it be? Oh my gosh, this could be the one. Boom, boom, fireworks. And that's why I say, give it another date. Why? Because there's a very high probability that you were stressed. She was stressed. They had a bad day. Your sample size is too small. Yeah. But then again, we go back to seeing this as a play date. It's a play date. Unless it was a disaster and every cell of your body was like, I don't ever want to see this person. There's no, then, then give it another, give it another date. And that's also going to lower the pressure from being busy. Like my clients, 90% of the day, just thinking about how can I let them off without them being hurt. Right. And I see one thing. I just want to say one thing about the comments. I love these comments. I think there's a lot of fear of hurting the other, hurting the other. We have to, I really want to, this might not sound PC. I don't know how this is going to land, but like stop focusing so much on hurting the other. Focus more about being yourself, mm-hmm. assuming that your intentions are good. I'm not going on a date to hurt other people. That is not, if that is your intention, don't go on dates. 
Right. But I'm, I'm assuming that we're both here because we want to be more ourselves. We want to meet somebody we like. We want to, we want to find, we don't want to be alone. So if you're always going to be thinking about how you sound to the other person, you are going to be more and more in self-presentation. You're going to be eggshelling it. I'll be second guessing every single thing I say to you because I don't want to offend you. And then half of the date, I am thinking about you. Are you offended or not? And that leads us to what we call mind reading. And I'm always like every single twitch. Now, like, he slide coughed. Oh, he coughed. Why did he cough? Why did he not order another drink? Does that mean he's not having fun? It's about me. It's about me. So ironically, it's more about me than like, you know, it's in the service of you, but it's actually more focused on, I'm like in my own neurosis. I I always say this to singles and they hate when I say it, but I'm going to say it again. (laughs) You are, you are the common denominator in all your failed relationships. Yes. Amen. I have nothing else to say about that. (laughs) You are the common denominator. That's great. I love that. Yeah. All right. Should we keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. What's yours? Um, I said aim for self-exposure slash broadcast live. Aim, aim to be as, um, we say, that your mouth and your heart be as close as possible. Now, again, I'm not talking about sharing all your most vulnerable, all your traumas, but when you're there, try to broadcast live. Try to kind of verbalize what is happening for you, whether it's, I love this song. I love this song. Or I haven't been to this part of town in years. Not just to make conversation because you're anxious. Just allow yourself to just kind of share what's happening in your mind so your the other day doesn't have to be busy mind mapping you. Like release I, each I, other. I've been looking at your screen for an hour now and I see that guitar. Do you actually play guitar or is it just for looks? Exactly. <laughs> and then he'd say yes. And then he'd play something. So I'd take it out and I'd play it for you. <laughs> right. Because at the end of the day, and I do this like in, in therapy all the time, like I've learned through the years to not be silent for too long because then clients are trying to mind map me. And by the way, usually they mean, read me negatively. When you're under stress, you will mind read the other usually negatively. Unless you're a man and then you're overestimating your success. Right. Is that our sense? Well, I think that's part of the socialization we go through. Women will underestimate their performance. Men will overestimate. Right. But when in doubt, I will, I will negatively interpret it. So if you're not saying anything, I'm like, oh, my God, he doesn't like me. Oh, my God, he thinks I'm boring. So let's liberate that and just say, wow, I'm just thinking about what you just said. Guitar. I have rarely played this guitar in the clinic. I've played it maybe three times. So why is it there? To remind you of how wonderful guitar player you are? Because when I moved to Kfasaba, I wanted to be able to just whip out the guitar and play. And have you done and it? Yes, I've done it. I've done it actually three times and I'm super proud of myself and I want to really? do it more. Yeah. Because when I grew up, my dad hid his guitar under the piano, under the bed because he didn't want it to get broken. So I'll, I only sat at age 16 and I, and I told myself when I have kids, the guitars are out there. They're hanging. The kids, unfortunately, are touching with their greasy hands, but at least the guitars are, 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 are part of their life. They're not hidden under the bed like my wife's saba when they died they opened up his closet he had um sweaters still with a ticket on he saved them oh my gosh that doesn't sound like a generation that we don't know about okay (laughs) (laughs) i want to go to my next one because uh we're already going over time and there's so many questions coming in so i want to be able to get to those questions soon and if you have a question please send it you can private message it to me you can even email it to me we will make sure to get to all your questions soon, but we have a few more to go through before we do that. And this is recorded, so you can always watch this afterwards. Okay. That's right. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
here's um here's my next one. Go on. It's a relationship, not a negotiation. Don't ever settle. I hate, I hate that term. I hate the term wow. settling down. What does that mean? Settling down. You know, do you, how do settling you settling down or settle compromise? Settle, settle in general. Like, how do you know what's settling and what isn't? I think, and based, you were saying this before, but I want to just kind of expand it a bit. Um, dating should never begin with what we have. It has to begin with what we lack. You don't go into a relationship because you have something. You go into a relationship because you're missing something. Okay. I, I, I like the ratio, but the, yeah. go on. Let's see where you're going with only this. Only by identifying only by identifying the one big thing that you're missing, you're guaranteed to find someone who actually makes you feel whole. Bring that down. What do you mean by that? That's, that's big. How do you, what do you, give me an example. So there, you're looking for, look, if, if you go into a relationship that you have everything, I don't need you. Right. Nothing. Then how are we, we're not in a relationship. We're in two kind of simultaneous worlds. But right. if I clear out half of my closet and say, oh my gosh, there is half of my closet missing. If I sleep on one side of my bed and say, my gosh, there's someone missing in my bed. If I sit at one chair, always the same chair at my table, and I say, oh my gosh, there's someone missing in the chair next to me. There's something missing in my life. If I am full of myself, if I have everything that I need, why do I have to get be in a relationship? It's about what I'm missing, not what I have. I like that. Connect that to the settle. That's what I'm missing. I like, I love what you're saying. I have nothing to say about that. But connected to the settling part because that's so, where I want to so, push back. So people, so so people are saying, okay, well, it's time to settle down, or I'm, I, I you know, I have no choice. I am this and this, but I'm gonna have to settle for, you know, it's not exactly what I was looking for before. I, I mean, not exactly the person I was looking for. Well, guess what? The person you were looking for was a figment of your imagination, and now you have a real person in front of you, and you don't want to pop the question, idiot. Like, I love the first part. I think, I don't know, something about settle because I think, I mean, there's a difference between the person. It's clear to me that my wife today, she's not the woman I thought I wanted. I'm realizing she's a woman I needed. But you never know what you need, right? You only right. know what you want. Right. I'd say something about, I, I want to actually say the opposite of that because I find a lot of times people are not willing to settle. This is who I am. This is my truth. I'll pull the 99.9% men that you never get a second date or women. Right. Because people are not willing to be flexible. They're not willing to settle. So I actually want to say, yeah, I'm to my eyes. You know, like, I feel like, I mean, I like what you said about full of yourself. Like, part of that is also realizing, yes, I'm open to be changed. I'm open to accepting influence, not in everything, but I'm open to change. And I, that's why I like the word settle. I know it's not, it doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound like, I don't mean like settling, like I have to give up who I am, but yes, I'm willing to accept influence. I'm willing to change. Well, I think I, I'm going to prioritize change over like, because I choose, like you're right. Like, because I'm missing something, I'm willing to be open to change. I think we're saying the same thing is that, you know, it's not all about me. It's not about yes. me and me, the great me, I have to settle down. It's about me, like you said, accepting influence and being open to change that I'm settling. I'm not settling. I'm settling in my ability to accept influence, not in, oh, I am this great thing. I am the greatest thing that ever happened since sliced bread. 
And now um, I'm going to have to nebuch, nebuch, settle down because, uh, you know, there's somebody out there who's not quite as good as me. I am the greatest thing that ever happened. This person is like kind of the greatest thing that ever happened. Not really. And so I have to now settle down. So that would send me to the next question is where did you learn that? That is hiding a core belief that you probably grew up in a house where marriage was a defeat slash compromise. And again, it goes back to the models we saw at home. We saw models of people that weren't growing through their crucible, that were just either enduring it or just placating it. Again, the classic example, they come to couples therapy. The man wants his wife to just be more, he wants less fights. He wants, like quiet has become the penultimate goal, like the goal. So if that is the way you perceive relationships, then there's a high probability you've inherited that somewhere. Or you've been hurt enough times that you, you're not willing to show your desire. This goes back to eating. I'm sorry, but like desire to want something. I can grow next to you. I can have more. Like, like for that, I need to be able. And then I need to check your core beliefs. And you, check can, your- you can see a part of me that's not perfect. That's hard. Yes. Yes. That's hard. I don't want you to see a part of me that's and not when perfect. I op- but when I own my shtick and I know that I'm not perfect. And not just say, you know, people say, I'm my harshest, crit- my harshest critic. No, when you really own it. Then and it's not a, it's not a shameful point. It's fine. You can bring it. You can talk about it. Yeah, and that's where you're going to invite more people in your life that are connected to their shtick. Right. What we call authentic or congruence. If you're not meeting, if you're not going on dates, and the people you're dating are not congruent, there's a high probability you're not owning your shtick enough. Yeah, it's not what's, just the app or the site or the neighborhood where you live. What's your number seven? Because we got to go through the last three, so we. Can I get- have no idea. Like the numbers are all jumbo jumbo. So I'm just okay, going to go no with problem. the next one. Try to end the date with your honest feeling, good, bad, or not sure. End on an open, vulnerable note. And this connects to what I said before about give it another date. Like, don't do the mind mastery games. Like, don't do poker face toward the end. It's a horrible dismount to this date. Right. And we go back to broadcasting live to saying, this was a this is really interesting. I had all kinds of these different phases in the date. Now, here's what people are going to say to me. Well, if I speak this open, everyone's going to run away, right? They're going to think I'm a loony. Who speaks like this? But like, this is what I'm trying to say to you. Like, there are people out there that are just as honest and playful. If you, The only way you'll find them is if you become that person. And there's some people going to be like, whoa, too much information, TMI. But over a while, some of them are going to be charmed by that. Some of them are going to feel so liberated about that. And you will find that. So like when you end the date... You don't have to go through the usual script. You can share, you can say, you can say, wow, I need to think about this. You've said so many things today. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because in the Shidduch world, when you have a, a, a Shadchan or a matchmaker, the matchmaker, it's that you don't end the date on that vulnerable thing, but you go vulnerable to the matchmaker. So there's kind of this in-between person who you're both vulnerable with, who's able to, you know, create create that and, and make sure like to say it in the right way. So that's how we do it in, in the, in the religious world, as far as like when you end the date, you don't end with that vulnerability, but that vulnerability does transfer over and you do become vulnerable to that third party. You know, there's the parameters with which we work in, right? That is the parameter with which you work in. Yes. Obviously try to be vulnerable, but it goes without saying that the couple will need to learn how to be vulnerable with each other. Yeah. And a right. lot of times if they're used to having that third leg, those are going to be the couples that see you, Rabbi Bernath, every single week. That's right. That you become their third. Right. And then you're and basically... Because you're always, they're always needing a third. And that it's true because my job quickly, and I see that happening, especially in the very religious world, 
where I have to push that off. I'm like, no, you know, you guys are engaged now. I'm happy to, you know, to give you some tools. I'm happy to kind of, but I got to send you on your way. You got to figure it. But this is the double-edged sword, right? Because also in therapy, like I always tell clients, one of the goals of therapy is that therapy will end. And oftentimes we get into this dance where these rabbis, these matchmakers feel very meaningful, very important. And they have the slash savior complex. And then we have these threesomes, basically. It's this couple and the mashpia or mashpia is every week there in the kusa. So how are they going to grow until what happens? The rabbi says, off you go. But they have no tools. Right. I was saying it's like is you give the tools and then you send them off. Exactly. Assuming the couple wants, to, assuming a va- vulnerability is a value. Again, I think this also goes to the values of the couple and of the shadchan and of the environment. Like, what are the important values there? That's yeah, that is very good. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this. I, I'm gonna do one quickly because I think we've said a lot of it. But I, I wanted yeah. to kind of um, you know give it a separate time. This is my seven, uh, which is stop trying to be your own soulmate. Many people think that no one is going to love them as much as they love themselves. We're a generation of self-sufficient people. We used to rely on others. We used to need others. And today we have our own jobs. We have our own homes. Yeah. We, can go to, we can afford to go on nice vacations, buy ourselves nice clothes. And yeah. I think this independence has been incredible in almost every way aside for the way we date. Because right. years ago, people looked for one big thing in a lifelong partner. Today, right. we look for many little things. Yeah. And because people who are financially independent have a greater choice in their lifestyle, they need to make up this laundry list of things that they want to find in a marriage. So today, people feel smug about themselves, and they're rarely looking to share their lives, at least less superficially than Facebook. And we don't feel this great need to search for our own soul, never mind for our soulmate. So, I mean, we've said this all. I just wanted to kind of bring that out. I'll just, I just said one thing, maybe it's blasphemous to say, I sometimes say to clients, maybe you're not hungry enough. Yeah. Maybe you haven't had enough of yourself. I I say it all the time. Don't clog up the system. You're not ready for You're not ready for it. Come back when you've hit rock bottom. How did I know I hit rock bottom? I used to come back home and hug an imaginary child and woman as I entered the the home. I'm sorry. That was one sign for me. No, don't feel sorry for me. Like that was a cue for me. Okay, I'm hugging an imaginary woman. It's time. And before that, I was said I wanted, but I wasn't. Like that's also legit. Part of owning your shtick is to say, am I hungry enough to do this right now? This COVID has brought out a lot of loneliness. And if you're feeling that loneliness, maybe you're ready. Maybe it took COVID to, to say, hey, dude, you're ready. Yeah, I like that. All right. My last one is don't play the game. Out, uh, I had this client, a single client. He has this algorithm. How often do you write? Do you wait a day? Do you wait two days? Do you send a WhatsApp? Do you send a text message? Or do you call? And when you write that message, you do an emoji. Thank God. Like enough with that. Don't play the game. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's not an algorithm for those left brainers. No, that is what sucks the play out of dating. Can we say that again? It's not a game. It's, a, it's not a game. It's a play date. If you feel like you had a good time and you want to write a text, even the same day, do it. And if you lose, like, so that client said, I blew it. I wrote her too soon. So I said to him, if you, if this woman, if, if she felt you're too into it and that's the reason she cut off, would you want to date that woman? Would you want to date a woman who kept saying to you, don't come to too, like, 
slow it down, bring it like, no, you want to be who you are. Yeah. It's not a game. Stop with these algorithms. It's, it's just, it's because then you're not, you're not honest. And if they disqualify you on the algorithm, then you never know. Was it the algorithm? And then you go into this whole, I should have texted her without the emoji. I should have waited two days and not one day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I have, I don't know how it happened. I have two more. I would just go through them quickly because I want to get it, to do it, do it, do it, do it. Number one. And they're very similar to the stuff that you've said. Love is not tit for tat. Don't keep track. It's not a game. Yes. yes. Love is not tit for tat. It's real life. Don't keep count of who paid for what, who did what. We live in a pluralistic society. So today we tend to share costs more than previous years, but we have to learn to get satisfaction from giving and not from taking. Okay. Love it. Okay. Yes. And then my last one is, and I think something I've, I've said, I say this a lot, but I want to really, this is, this is my, this is one of my big ones. And uh, it's something that we haven't actually spoken about. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. My last one is don't date to death. And I'll explain to you what I mean by that. There okay. are so many relationships that end because the couples do what I call date to death. There's a natural evolution to the relationship. There's initial yeah. courtship, there's getting to know each other, there's getting more serious, there's the proposal, the engagement, and the marriage. There's also the progression in marriage, but we'll save that right. for a different conversation. Right. Many people are simply afraid of commitment. So they're stringing their partner along until the relationship crashes. You have like to right. allow the relationship to progress naturally and don't hold back. Okay. The only thing I'd say to that is um, it's fine for you guys to have different paces. What you feel is long, you feel is short. Have an open communication about that. That should not be a taboo and it should not be a drama around it. It should, it, it should, be, it should be spoken about That's right. playfully, but addressed. Right. Yes. Because I'm reminding you, we have and different- there's also, the, there's also the opposite. Why can't she propose? I know that people want him to propose, but she can also propose. But that goes back to the same thing about why does she need to pay? Why does he need to pay now? Like there's a lot of things. Exactly. things. The same thing. The same exact thing. I mean, I had a couple not long ago. She was going crazy. She comes to me and she says, he's not proposing. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. He's not proposing. So I said, I don't understand. If you want to propose, get him a watch or something. Get down on one knee and propose if you're waiting. Why are you waiting wow. for? And wow. she did it. And he said, yes. Do you know why? Because in the relationship, she was the one who was the more you know, so to speak, wore the pants. So that's what she wanted anyway. Why wait while your life is moving ahead? Be, control your own life, lead it. And you know, worst case, he'll say no. But at least woman, you know, wouldn't you? Yeah. A woman just messaged me just now privately and says, I disagree. Most men know what they want. I don't agree with that. Wow. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I'm okay, sorry. I have to, I have to unmute myself here. Okay. But yeah. But whenever I've um, I've asked a guy out, they fucking I'm sorry. This is to Dr. Romanelli. Cover your ears. They <laughs> fucking like don't have any like cojones and like they just play around. Or even when I'm calling a question like in a dating process, like where are you at? Oh, just enjoy our time. I'll let you know. You know, you asshole. I'm sorry. I got rage. Yeah. No, I'm not sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm taking what you say. So I'm sorry, everyone. No, I'm not sorry. So like, I just think like, if a guy is not ready, it's when you ask him, do you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, I don't agree, Rabbi Bernath. 
like 98 and three quarters percent. Okay. I, wow. I, I, let, I, let me... point, uh, one and a quarter percent there. Wow. <laughs> so, right, what do you say? 98 and three quarters. Okay. First of all, thank you for that burst of life he just gave us. I just got it. Woo. Just downloaded that energy. This is what I'm going to say to you. Um, and I say this a lot, especially to women that I work with. You are not too much. You are not too much. Wait, wait, wait. I know before you roll your eyes. I know. I know. No, no. I said, thank you. That was like my heart. Thank you. And okay. when you said to the, to the 30 year old thirties, thank you. I'm, 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 okay. I'm okay. Uh, so, letting it so answer. The, so, so yeah. So let me, let me, let me. Okay. So what I want to say to you is I want to encourage you. Part of the rage is because there's part of the aggression that is not being channeled. You're, you don't have a place to sublimate it properly and it's coming out as aggression where actually there's passion. You are a passionate woman and part of you. And what I want to say to you is there are men out there who are not afraid of your fire. The thing is, wait, wait, let me finish. The thing is, when you will meet that person, he will, he will um, butt head against you. He will not just say, wow, amazing, give me more. And part of your job of owning your shtick is to be able to say, wow, I found that Ezel Kinegdi. I found that, that person against me. But for that, my dear, you're going to have to find a way to offload the aggression and the frustration that you've been feeling all these years. So you can wow. bring up mega wait, I'm telling you, let, let me finish. But part okay. of that is going to find a way for you to, to like puke all of that up, pop those zits out. So when you come, you can bring that passion. And we, we call you a thunderstorm in couples therapy. You're a thunderstorm, right? But it, so, so it's, it's part of like, ugh, like get, put, pop all the pus out there. And then when you come to the day, you come like that. And I promise you, it's easier said than done, right? But there, there is a man out there who can deal with your fire. <sighs> All right, Rivka. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your for your passion and your excitement. Yeah. Um, that with with that, I think it's great. We can go into. Um, all the questions. We have tons of questions coming. Yeah. Up. I also have tons of private questions here. I need to, we I need know. to okay. so, prioritize it for us. Talk it, talk to us. Okay. So I know that you have, so let, maybe let's go through, I have about 20 questions here. I don't know how many you have as private questions. So um, go on. Okay. So let's go back and forth and let's ask everybody's questions. Okay. And if you have more questions, you're welcome to send them to us privately. We're going to try to get to all of them in the next half an hour. <laughs> you ready? Here yeah. Go. Okay. Go on, start. Okay, number, number, first question that came in. My, my question is how to let go and focus on other areas of your life when dating failed after many years and one lost all hope. Is there a way to grow spiritually without a marriage for a woman? Ooh, grow spirit. Well, spiritually would be your department, Rabbi. I mean, yeah. I'll have my answer more from the different. Let's hear your answer first so I can formulate I, I, Ah, you're stalling. I see what you're doing. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Classic stall. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's clear to me that we've, I think the therapist and the rabbi, right? Can you say the therapist is the new rabbi of the secular world? I don't know. Like how many people talk to me spirituality, right? How many people talk to you about psychology? I don't know. But this is what I want to say. At the end of the day, my goal, everyone's extra in my life. I want to grow, fulfill myself, connect, whether it's to the divine, to the gift that, you know, what is charisma? Charisma is your divine gift, is what you need to bring to the world, right? Your need, so it's L-O-Key, your divine, how do you say that? The divine spark. Yes. I truly believe 
that part of fulfilling who you are, it's not, you, you won't be able to manifest completely alone. Mm-hmm. Just because you can use all kinds of reasons for that. But I really believe that at the end of the day, you will reach a point where you're saying, I want more. I want more for myself. I want more from life. And you will then find yourself going back into the ring. But I really hope that this time you will come with more of a playful attitude and you won't feel so stressed. Because for a lot of you, you come in with a gun to your head. There's no guns to your head. You know, that's the flip side of what we said about people being able, you know, you have a house, you have a job, you're coming here to play. And the truth is you can learn from a lot of different people. Yeah. And I'll say this to some clients, you might never be in a relationship does not mean you cannot grow. Be open to learning. Be open yes. to learning. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Let's, do you want to, do you want to go through one of your questions you've gotten? Oh, well, there's so many. Uh, go, go another one. Go another one. Okay. I, okay. You can deflect on me. No problem. Uh, <laughs> I try to read them. Like I go on. Does being in a relationship or dating for serious intentions require skill? Yes. Two skills, two biggest skills. I'll repeat myself again, but I'll do it. Play, own your shtick. You need to be playful and know how to be playful. And in a second, I'll, ta- I'll, I'll do the pitch about the play relationships webinar, which is right after, the, not right after this in two hours. And own your shtick. Come knowing your different parts of yourself, that you're not ashamed. So if Rifki has that fire and she knows she's also volatile, sometimes know that. Bring that as part. That is a skill. And then when that happens, you can know how to express it and verbalize it. Like, don't be scared. I'm a thunderstorm. It's going to pass. The thunderstorm will pass. I can only know that if I have the terminology for that, if I've gone through the crucible myself, if I know thyself, boom. Wow. Do you want to, you want to apply that? I, I Play, see. own your shtick. That's the yin and yang. Play, own your shtick. Light and shadow. Both parts of yourself. Be playful. Be own your shtick. Bring them together. That is the two skills you want. Gesundheit to you, as we say. Gesundheit. What, um, I'd like to know, the, I, I, this is the person asked the question. I'd like to know the thoughts on men being friends with women while in a relationship, what is acceptable and what is not? Usually these questions come from women because men, and I'm going to say this right out there, men have a very hard time being friends with women. There's usually an ulterior motive. So this refers back to the, the legendary movie when Harry met Sally and their whole movie was about can men and women be friends. Right. And I think what happens is we notice that once, people, once men settle down, they, don't have any, they lose all their friends and their wife becomes their best friend. So I think the question is this, is like the, the, the phase of having a lot of female friends usually will, will usually, if the relationship goes serious, will usually go like this, less female friends as the relationship gets more serious. So you need to decide as a woman, I'm assuming it's a woman who's asking this, like on one hand, I'd say to you, you're not going to lock down like he cannot speak to another female. But what I, the question I would ask, and I ask clients all the time, is where's your libido? Libido, Freud's term of libido is not just your sexual drive. Where's your life force? Right. Where is your libido? Is your libido at work? Is it libido with all your female friends or your football club or, or cycling or surfing? I have a cl- couple now. His top libido in his life is surfing. Or is it now? It's, it makes sense that in the beginning, he's going to still have libido elsewhere. Can your, in this term libido, can it be, does it, what if it is surfing? Does that mean that you can't get into a relationship? No, I think it's realistic. I don't want to, I wouldn't want to date someone whose first libido is me. That's way too early for that. And the truth is, I always say this to also Galitza. I hope I teach this to my kids. I say, who loves you the most? And we're slowly teaching them if they should be me. 
I love myself the most. The second your answer is, is Abba or it's Rivki or it's Israel, that means I'm putting myself second. And that usually leads into a victim trial dynamic, which we won't also, talk about today. You're also putting too much pressure on the relationship. Yeah. yeah. If you love surfing, I hope you will always love surfing. At a certain point, I'm going to expect myself to be a close second. And by the way, a lot of, and I'm saying this as a, as a generalization, but many women, they feel like I got to have my man always next to me. So I got to get rid of all those other you know, things that he has going on in his life because otherwise he's not going to have enough time for me. So, so that's connected to a reflected sense of self. And I see this a lot, like, because I'm not feeling confident in myself, I'm always like checking out his WhatsApp to see if he's talking to anyone. And I've said this the other week to this woman, like how much longer are you going to let him dictate your self-perception, your self-image? Easier said than done. But a lot of this is about, and when you reach that solid sense of self that we won't talk about today, you will be able to come to your partner and you won't even have to say it. It will be clear. Like, are you here? Are you with me? Or are you with your surfboard? Like I, it's fine for you to surfboard, but I need to know that you're home. For and some, this, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually and yes. mentally that you're really, when you're home, you're really here. You're home. And home. It's a I, love, I want you to have surfing. I don't want you to give up surfing because that is your life. Right. I love it. I would never want you to give that up for me, but I need to know that at the end of the day, this is home. I get, I get, I get the best parts of you or I get some of the best parts of you. Like Galit always says, my clients get the best of me and she gets the leftovers, which is sometimes true. But I want to believe that my commitment is home. So even though my clients get me the most patient, the most sensitive, the most loving, the most open, the most compliments, I compliment my clients much more than I compliment my wife, right? But I think it's clear to me where my libido is, like where I am investing. I don't know if that made sense or not. I want to answer one. I want to answer one. Hi, Dr. Romanelli. How can you be as playful as a woman and not give the wrong impression? And this connects to a book called, I'm writing this in your chat. Why do adult women stop playing? That is actually, a woman actually wrote that. Stop playing, I think it's called. Barbara something. So this is the thing. (laughs) Barbara something. A woman dedicated a whole book. And here's the thing about play. We're not used to seeing women playful. Women have to give up play very, very soon, either because it's silly and they need to take care of their siblings, parents, brothers, partner, or we equate playfulness with flirtiness. And I want to, I want to help women reclaim your playfulness. And how can you do it without getting the wrong impression saying, Hey, I'm a playful kind of girl. That doesn't mean everything I'm insinuating. It has a sensual connotation to it. Mm -hmm. I'm putting it right out there. I'm a peppery girl, or I like to dance. That doesn't mean I'm always trying to seduce you. And please let me know if you feel like this is a move. Ask me. I'll happily tell you. Reclaim your play. That, play open, to, that openness is very powerful in a relationship, even in the beginning. One, and once again, most men, you know, you'll say, well, men are too intimidated. Maybe, but you know what? If, if that man is intimidated by that, then you need to find a man who's not intimidated by that. And I want to say one more thing. Like, about, you'll be Yeah. But- I think we're underestimating, especially North America, over PC, don't want to hurt anyone, altruistic environment. Like you don't know until you try. And there's a high probability that the introvert sitting across from you, when you say that sentence, they'll be like, wow, amazing, (laughs) amazing. Right. Because a lot of time eggshelling from there, you go into victim mentality. And then in your mind, I can't be myself. He doesn't, he hasn't asked me anything the whole day about myself. So say it. I want to say this as well. A lot of women say men this, men that. There's no, there's no men out there. It's not about men. It's about one. You just need one. It's not but about. I, and so I want to say, I want to say one more thing here. It's about systematic female. Empowerment. I'm writing down some episodes I want to send to you guys. But my belief of female empowerment will be through the women's shadow. 
I want to say this again. The real empowerment will be by women owning their shtick. So the men are, are not listening to you enough. That is legit and you're right. But part of you is feeling comfortable voicing yourself and not from like from the bitter or victimy place from saying, yeah, I want to also talk about it. or microphone back to me. Is this on? Yeah, I'd like to say a few words, you know, you're, yeah. you're muted. Go on. Here, here's another one right on the same uh, topic. Hi, Robert Bernath. Can you please ask Dr. Romanelli my question? I am asking Dr. Romanelli your question. <laughs> so ask me directly. Go on. Exactly. I am a smart, pretty, and highly educated young woman, but yes. can't seem to meet anyone. And I'm starting to believe that I will be alone forever. I don't understand why no one seems to realize or appreciate all that I have to offer. Wow. That's great. I love that. Thank you so much for being vulnerable. I would love for you to open up, not now, but like open up the camera and mic and say that out loud and feel that. Because I think part of that, I am sure that you're lovely and smart and pretty and beautiful. And I'm sure there's a lot of other parts of you that for some odd reason are not coming out. Right. And I would love for you to find a place in your life where you could explore them safely and expand that. Because right now, the way you're bringing it, notice just the undertone is it's, I'm, this is going to sound bad. I don't know how to say it. That doesn't sound bad, but that is a little bit of the victim-y mentality. It's like, I'm like this and no one loves me and no one sees me. That is not true. There's a, the story is always more comp. There's always a, a shadow here that is not being addressed. Yeah. Did, I, did that sound, I didn't mean to oh, be judgmental, but I mean like. But, but how do I do that? Because obviously I have this core fundamental belief and there's nothing I can do about that. Because so, what's the core belief hiding inside of there? I did everything I can. There is no one out there. Right. No one can see the true self who, who I am. That is a mentality that that, and here's the thing about core beliefs. It's <laughs> the next generation of, of single women, exactly. right? You have a little visitor. Yeah. So like with that core belief, you're basically saying that the, the distance from that to saying no one celebrates me, no one sees me, but to self-pity, to victim mentality is very, it's a slippery slope. And that's why I would want, I'd want to stop that. And I would suggest this one, find a friend that you can trust and start expanding and start looking at what you're not seeing. Have someone meet you, challenge you, stretch you without feeling sorry for you and without eggshelling it with you. Wow. A lot of women I feel are not, and this goes back to playing, right? And men as well, but let's talk about women specifically. They're not being challenged. They're not being, and I find that a lot. When women come to me for therapy, the first thing I'll say is, I'm a man, you're a woman. Let's put that on the table. I'm going to challenge you in ways that maybe women can't. Mm. Like I have a disadvantage that I'm a man, right? But on the other hand, I can say to you, give me more. Right. And it's not just going to sound like you go, girl. It's going to be, okay, let's get more. Oh, more your shtick. Oh, more your shtick. So yes, it's possible. You're going to have to find, connect more to your shtick. That would be my tip without knowing anything about you. Wow. Um, yes. I have... Yeah. Who is this? Oh, that What's was my question. Yay. What's okay. your name? Oh, good for you, Rebecca. Good for um, you. No, I, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to ask. I've literally given so many men chances. Like I've gone out on lots of dates. Um, I, I don't know why, like, they just don't seem to appreciate my quirks or like, I am myself. I do let my guard down, not too much, but like, I, I, I do. And I just can't seem to meet someone who appreciates me. Like they, they're always seem to be on to the next person or to the next thing. And they don't seem to appreciate what they have in front of them. How much do you appreciate yourself from one to 10? And you can't say five. <laughs> 
Um, six. Is that your final answer, Rebecca Cohen? For now, yeah. Yeah, okay. Double check that. Hey, I can see that you're super sweet. You're super sweet. Thanks. You're so sweet, <laughs> which is also a compliment, but it's also part of your business card, right? That's, that's, that's the energy you bring. See, this is one of the advantages of being a male therapist because I can see the effect of what you're bringing, right? I can give you real-time feedback on that, okay? And part of what I'm seeing is a lot of sweet women become sweet victimy or sweet bitter women. And I want to help you not go into that route, okay? So part of getting out of that is finding more, connecting more to the other parts of you that are not just sweet. Because perhaps what is happening is when you come so sweet, you're so sweet, <laughs> right? You're so sweet, but that's just one part of you. And then people think that that's all you are. Sweet, non-threatening. Like a bitch. So here's the split that we tell women, right? You're either, too, either you're sweet or you're a bitch, but there's a whole range in there. And that goes back to Rifki, the thunderstorm. I would love to help you or find someone to help you to widen that range. Because by the way, that is your core belief, right? Rifki, I didn't mean you to turn on the camera. I'm just mentioning <laughs> you. Back off, back off, Rifki. Rifki and the, I can come. One second, one second, one second. Rifki, one second. I love, I love when Rifki mutes herself. But I want to see you, Rifki, keep your camera on, but mute yourself, but go on a rant, okay? Let's have both, the best of both worlds. But back to you. What you're saying right now is a core belief Are you, you have. Are you saying I'm not good to look at? <laughs> I love looking at you. I just want to have a conversation with Rebecca. Okay, back to you, Rebecca. So what I wanted to say, no, I said keep the camera on, mute yourself, Rifki. That's what I wanted to say. Good. So Rebecca, back to you. So you, have this, you might have this core belief that either I'm sweet or I'm a bitch. That's an either or. That, my dear, is a limiting belief. And if you have that core belief, you will attract your life men who have similar complementary core beliefs. And then you're in a lose-lose. Either I'm uber cute, but that's not who I am, or I'm perceived as a bitch. And my, my work, your work, is to soften that core belief. And I will sh also send a core belief video and podcast okay, to you. Thank you. There's so thank you. many questions coming in. I want to try to see if we can just go, let's, let's do a rapid fire through some of these. Because I think that- um, For a change. Let's do rapid fire for a change. Yeah. For a change, exactly. And no, but I want to give everybody the, the time of day, but it's, it's, it's really hard. But let's try to get through as many as- But wait, but that's under agreement that no one gets offended when we give a short, blunt yeah, answer. Correct. Enough with that. Okay. Yeah. That's correct. Give us that. But, but if, you, if you want more- We'll, we'll give you more. We have some uh, ideas of uh, some, some small group sessions that we're going to start. So Yes. Are um, you going to explain about that, by the way? Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about it at the end. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, but leave time for that, dude. We have 13 minutes. Yeah, it's okay. We're going to do it. Okay. Um, how soon should you reveal medical issues that you have in a, in a, in when you're dating? Wow. That's a great question. The question is like, what, what kind of medical issues? We've been asked that in the past. Yeah. We, so we, it goes like this. It goes like this. How, how core is the, are these medical issues to, your, to the, your perception of the world and the self? I'm half colorblind. That did not come up in a date because it's not a big part of my life. But if I was um, a vegan or if I was allergic to wheat, I don't know how you said that in English. I forgot. Like, I think it's not about when do I reveal, like, but like, if this is the bigger, it's part of your, like, if I have a, a, a sibling who is mentally retarded, if I have, I don't know, cancer or whatever that is. I mean, I think I, this is a really blunt, like I just, I just broadcasting live. The more it is part of who you are, the earlier you should bring it. Okay. That's a really good answer. I would have said that, something different, but I like that better. Does that make sense? I have no idea what I just said, but I was just, no, just yeah. Yeah, the more that it's part of you, 
the more the earlier you want to bring it. Like let's say you know, like someone just asks, what if what if someone's bipolar? Wow, that is a one. I have so much to say about bipolar because I grew up in a house with one of the parents was bipolar, and it was a secret until I was in my late twenties. And looking back, I wish it was told to me earlier. I also want to say that for a lot of people, bipolar becomes their business card. I'm reminding you, your mental, uh, whatever uh, diagnosis you have is not who you are. And I've met, and I work in the mental health field. I see a lot of people with a lot of labels and some of them define them and some of them don't. I want to say like this, like, I feel like a lot of time also the bipolar almost becomes like a business card. So I want to say like this, like you can have a lot of labels and diagnosis to you. Again, I think it's, that's why it's hard to do a one-liner about this. Right. But if you feel like this is part of who you are and this is a, a big part of your dynamic, then also bring it, but not in like, here, I have to show you something. Ah, my brother. No, it could be, it's part of who I am. It's part of who I am. It's, I'm working on it. This is how I deal with it. Like, again, I wouldn't put it in the first date, but I wouldn't wait to the 20th date. It's like when you forget the person's name, how long to you to say, what's your name again? You're just getting into this old mind. Like if you feel like it's sitting on you and you have to, like, if you won't get it out of your chest, you will not be true. Then say it, pop it, but don't make a big deal out of it. Okay. Let's go on to the next one. Okay. Can I, can I make a like, small comment here, Leon's here? So I'm older age. So my son is actually in that category. So if I go dating, you know, so, and as he's very important in my life, obviously as my son. So as I'm hearing you sighing, in some point that needs to be relieved. Um, released, I, I should share it, I should say. So, yeah, because, because then, the, listen, secrets is a quicksand. Like you start at them, you never end with them. Right. Now, it's, I don't need to tell my whole family backgrounds on, on date number two, but if there are certain things that are big, for whatever reason, also big for good, right? Then, then that should be said because you, want to, you also want to find a partner who won't be like freaked out by that. Right. You know how many people come to therapy and they haven't told their partner they're in therapy because they're afraid of telling their partner they're in therapy. So, so what's the point? You but it can actually be very scary. Which is Guys, right. life is scary. Relationships are scary. We, I know life is scary. Waking up, getting out of the bed is scary. We have to stop being scared. Right. Or else no. we won't do anything. We will just lie in bed and play video games all day. And welcome to the next generation Z or Y or X or whatever it's called. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Wow. I'm getting thousands of questions here. Like I'm. I know. Me too. Me too. It's I don't even know where to start. Like okay, about let's, let's try to get as many as we can in. We may have to go a little overtime to get a couple more in, but we may have to do this again. I mean, that's just the reality. We'll keep some of your yeah. questions and we'll do it again. Um, maybe you should just start next time with the questions and not, yeah, not maybe, do our spiel. Maybe. You mentioned that guys don't know what they want. Is it safe to believe that if a guy has at least minimal interest, they will take the first step? Yeah, I do. I think that's a great, I think it's a great one. Yeah. Mm, I want to say, I'm assuming a woman asked that. Obviously. I want to say, live your life. If you want, go for it. If you know what I teach my kids, if you don't ask, the answer is no. Right. You got to ask. Don't assume. And, don't assume. Ask. And you know, no, because the second you assume you're going into mind reading and you're always going to negatively mind read. And from there, we're back to that. And you know what? If the man is threatened by that, then do you want to be with a man that, that you cannot initiate? They have to wait. 
how many women do I meet that are waiting, craving for sexuality, waiting for their partner to initiate? And if he doesn't initiate, they don't do anything. Yeah. Right. Or when is he going to ask me about my date? Waiting for the proposal. Right. Right. Or why does he never ask me about my date? Now, it's quite possible that he's a narcissist. He's not going to ask you about your date, but you can, part of negotiating and settling is helping him learn by saying, yes, ah, let me tell you about my day, playfully, of course, right? But you're slowly saying, ah, okay, I see. Okay, I'll, now let me show you how it goes when you ask somebody else a question. Now, I'm doing this playfully. I'm not doing this as a victim. I'm not judging him. I'm saying, ah, add microphone to me. Wow. You know, like that, like that's why you need to have play. So you can do these, this, this, I, this is part of what is flirtation. It's play plus like romantic sensual, like that it's play. Flirtation is also play. It's legit to play. Yes. Go on. Um, how can differences in religious observance be accommodated in a relationship? That's a well, very good question. Yeah. So yeah. I think that I like to do a session on uh, religious observances and differences, because I think it's something, at least in my world, it's something that comes up a lot. Well, I can say I meet them down the line. Mm -hmm. Like I see, I meet those couples down the line. And what I found is it is rarely about the religious observance that causes the problems. It will be the lack of communication, lack of clarity and honesty, honesty, because especially in Israel, we have lots of models of secular and religious in the same house, raising kids together. Like, I don't like, I don't know how you're, I don't know what's on your side, Rabbi Bernath, but for me, I will say, I don't, I think it's a big topic. I think we need to talk about that later. But like, and I think it's really important because I find it, like you said, it, there's a lot more to it than just the religious observance, but uh, I think it's really, really good. Okay. Um, uh, here's another one. How can we make sure that the intention of play isn't perceived as overly confident and inherently intimidating to the guy? So we're back to women being playful. A, read that book. Why do adult women stop playing? Yes, we have an issue. This is really, thanks so much for all these questions. Like notice how this message of being playful for women automatically goes to men perceive me as sexual or men will perceive me that I'm overeager. And I think that is a wider conversation that needs to be had. And I wish Galit would be here. And perhaps we also need to have women in this conversation. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about when women as a man, and I'm happy to, and we will talk about play in a second, because I do want to refer to the webinar. It's happening later today about play with Galit, and she'll give you the female perspective. But I think, again, you, you first need to be, feel comfortable with yourself. The second you have that skill of play in your life, so you're not just turning it on to impress or turning it on to reel in the, the guy, then it becomes second nature. It becomes part of who you are. It doesn't feel fake or over, overtly flirtatious. It just becomes part of who you are. It's expanding who you are. Yeah. About that webinar. Tell us about okay. it. Okay. So some of you got emails before and some of you have not. And I will say in about uh, two hours from now, me and Galit, my wife, we are going to do a webinar, um, an hour and a half webinar, play Playground, the art of play in relationships, how to be playful in relationships, <laughs> what to actually do. All the questions Rabbi and I Bernath asked me, I, we're going to teach how to do that. We're also going to do it to man and woman. So you're going to get the female perspective on this. It is practical, hands-on. Um, for anybody who signed up for this, there's a coupon. They get it for free. You don't even have to pay. You just have to sign up. How much is it usual? It's 15 bucks. Okay. But, like, but everyone here gets it for free. Yeah. So I'm going to send in the chat the link and the, it's, the, the code is therapist and rabbi. And I'll also email you. Um, I I'll get your emails and I'm happy to uh, code. I'm happy to, I will email you some of these videos that we talk about where, where we expand more in some of these, some of these points. If you haven't 
subscribe to Dr. Romanelli's podcast called Potential State. It's wherever podcasts are played. It's amazing. And yeah, go through a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Video, a YouTube podcast, all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let's go through, through, through a few more questions as people are signing up for your uh, session in two hours. I hope um, so. It's only going to be open for one more hour. So if you, once we're done, you can either do it now or once we're done, but at eight o'clock Israel time, we shut it down because we're preparing for the webinar. Yeah. I, I say, I say, in Achshav, in Matai. If not do now, it. just do it. And come meet my wife. Come meet the yeah. crazy woman oh, who married oh, me. Oh, oh. She's if, a handful. I think Dr. Romanelli is one thing. By the way, they don't see the link. So just send them the link over here. I sent them the link on the chat. No, oh, we, shoot. I said it privately. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm correcting that. Sorry. Only some one person got it because I did it on. Wait, here we go. Now, does everyone see it? Yeah, we got it. Now. Okay. Good. Click on it. Come join us. Yes. How do I know if a guy really likes me and wants to get to know me or if he just wants me to like him? For example, he keeps on talking about himself and promotes himself and how good he is, how proud he, uh, of himself he is being very vulnerable and sharing about himself but doesn't really leave much time for me to share and doesn't ask much or show much to get to know me, quote unquote, as a person. He compliments me superficially in how I look, et cetera, but nothing about me as a person. I don't feel so much as he's really into me as a person. The more I feel everything he does and acts is just for himself. Hey, Shimon, you know, I have to tell you something you have been talking nonstop about yourself and I'm like interpreting this as you're not interested in me. Now I'm not saying, I'm not blaming, but I really want to know, like, are you, what's happening with that? Because when I see someone who just talks about themselves, I automatically assume that he's not interested in me, but maybe you, I don't know. Like I'm really curious to hear and notice I broke eye contact in part of it. So he doesn't feel like he needs to get defensive. Mm. And I want to clarify with him that I'm not judging him on that. I'm about to, I'm, I am making a, an observation but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he doesn't know how to engage. By the way, part of what you're going to read, well, there's Terry Real talks about psychological patriarchy where men, part of the socialization we get is we, we, we have the loss of the relational. We actually lose, society puts pressure on us to let go of the sensitive, vulnerable, connective sides. And everything is channeled into work, aggression, or sexuality. So there's a high probability that this man that you're talking to, Shimon, is, is just has never learned how to ask, how to be intimate, how to be vulnerable. I'm not saying, I'm not excusing his behavior, but you will not know until you ask. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's go for another one. And then I have something else I want to talk about. I met somebody on online dating and we've been chatting for over a month, but he keeps making excuses to meet. Why? I don't know. I don't want to waste my life guessing why. David is not calling. David, I see that you're stalling. Is there a reason for that? I'm like, I'm happy if the reason's not you don't interest it. End of conversation. Open the Ben and Jerry's, open Netflix, live your life. Yalla, next. Why waste so many hours on this? David, I want to know. Yes. 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 I also want to talk about um, while you're signing up for Dr. Romanelli's. Uh, thing. I, we have another thing that we're going to be offering. It's going to be these small group sessions. We've been getting a lot of requests for this. Yes. Yes. A lot of requests, these small group sessions. I'm going to send you a form that we made that you can sign up for. And the idea is we're going to have some for men, uh, some for women. And the idea behind these sessions 
is that you're going to have, there's going to be not more than four or maybe five people for the session to so be able to work with each other. And um, it's going to be first come, first serve. We'll try to, you know, if we have, we'll try to do as many as we can. It'll be the two of us. And from that, you, maybe you can move on to some personal coaching if you need or some personal therapy if you need. But the idea is, is that it's going to be um, every two weeks, there'll be four sessions. And then what we'll do with the group sessions is we'll reevaluate. Um, the, the, they're going to be, there's a small cost for it, but uh, uh, that, that I think, uh, so I just sent you a form. You can sign up for that. It's really first come, first serve uh, for that. I don't know what to do, Dr. Romanelli. We're almost out of time and we have a ton more questions. I, have th- I haven't even read half of them because I'd be busy reading them. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to do number two and just do questions. Okay. So I think we should, uh, we're going to plan another one. And the, it's, we're just going to answer your questions. And what we'll do is the, we'll start off the next session with the questions that we didn't answer for them from this time. I think that's fair because yeah. we just, we're just going to do an open question and answer session with you because yeah. it seems like so many people are asking and some of the questions really need the proper time to be able to answer them. And I think I want to do my closing statement if I can, counselor. Closing, closing statement. statement. Your honor. I, I, it's clear to me that what I am pitching here is a reframe on the dating scene. And I, what I realize here is there's a high probability that that is not the reality of the scene. The clients that I work with, this is, this is the tour I preach to them. And I'm slowly, I believe, in a revolution in the dating scene, going from soul dating to play dating. And I really do believe in that because at the end of the day, every day is you have one, like you only have today, right? You're living now. How can I be more myself? How can it be closer to others? Every single meeting is another extra, is another rehearsal to being more and more yourself. And if you see that in that date, then play dates become more experiences that you're learning. Focus on yourself. Remember, play, play on your shtick, yin and yang, bring it together. You're, you are not too much. There is a person out there who can deal with it. But for that, you're going to have to first own your shtick, own all the different parts of yourself. Wow. Did you write that down? No. Wow. I'm in a stream of consciousness. I'm in flow. Wow. Yeah, I love brilliant. flow. I love talking about myself. But you see, this is what, here's one more thing I want to say. Live your life so you can be a narcissist and an altruist at the same time. A narcissist and an altruist at the same time. Boom. How do you do that? You're just speaking your mind, but you're doing it to connect. You're doing it to bring, you're doing it to be more alive. Because when you're in self-exposure, you, you bring self-exposure exposure in others. This is what happens between me and Rabbi Bernath, right? The more he, like self-presentation breeds self-presentation. Self-exposure breeds self-exposure. And the more I'm bringing more parts of myself, I'm inviting all of you, even if you're just watching, to also bring more parts of yourself. And there I get to be more myself. You get to be more of myself. It's a win-win. It's all even about if we, the end of the day. Yeah, and even if we don't date afterwards, but at least I had an interesting interaction. I went to a, day, I went to a wedding on a first date. We had a wonderful time. I still remember that was 15 years ago. Wow. Was that a bad day? It was part of life. Wow. Amazing. I really hope you all enjoyed our play date. It's our play date. It is. It is. It is our play date. It is. It's more than anything. It's really an opportunity because, you know, we used to have a lot of opportunity to just sit and just chat and shoot the breeze, but um, life gets busy. And this is like our scheduled time to just chat and shoot the breeze. Okay, I see somebody saying it's asking for a payment. It's therapist and rabbi. It shouldn't ask for it. I see some people already signed up. You shouldn't be getting that. If not, 
hit me an email here. I'm writing my email and uh, yeah, there's a coupon section. If you have problems, just email me. And I also, it's very subtle. Um, <laughs> I, 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 want, I just want to say, this is not the end. We will email you stuff. This is like, do not feel. And by the way, Rabbi, you'll also send them the form link by email because the chat erases once we close. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll send you the and, form link. Um, maybe the, I'll send an email out right now. I'll send you this yeah. uh, for, for, because very soon, uh, Dr. Romanelli and Galit, their special session that's happening in an hour and 58 minutes ah! is happening. And so I want to make sure that, uh, that everybody gets to be part of that. This has been absolutely amazing. I love it. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for more. Let's do it again. Let's do it. Let's do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank uh, I want to thank all of you for participating and for being brave enough and putting yourself out there. And I want to thank you, Rabbi Bernath, for creating an environment that is open and blunt and playful and courageous. And I really I really wish you on your goal. I know your goal is to have uh, shidduchs and have people happy. You create a lot of Jewish families and relationships. And I think that's tikkun olam. That's fixing the world one relationship at a time. Amen. Thank you. And thank you everyone for all your thank yous. We're getting all these thank yous coming up on the, on the screen. And that's really nice. You know, we're, we do it for you. We really do it for you and for us. It's not about us. We're just altruists. We're doing a planet. We're narcissists and we're altruists at the same time. Why choose? We can do it. We can do it all. This is this has been so much fun. I wish you all a fantastic day. I don't want to leave this, but we're already three minutes over time. So uh, how do we, how do we do a send off like a sign out like peace out? What do we do? We're gonna say our usual ending. Stay yeah. Jewish. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you. Right. Bye. 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 Hi, Rabbi Bernath here. I have some great news for you. My popular four-week course, Kabbalah for Everyone, is available right now for free for the next 50 people who download it. All you have to do is go to www.theloverabbi.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and you're going to see the download button right there. In this course, I talk about the Kabbalistic secrets to relationships, to wealth, to happiness and balance. This special offer has been dedicated in loving memory of Ellie Dorfman. I look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy the course. Now on to today's episode.